All right. Hey, good evening, Grace Point. Welcome to Thursday night, Book of Matthew. Been in some interesting stuff here. Again, I just pray I'm not going too fast. I got the right pace on this. There's so much involved in it. Um, we've been talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, about Jesus embodying the kingdom, how the kingdom is here, and yet in a consummating sense, it's not yet. It's here, but it's not yet. It, we've had an inaugurated end times message, okay? Or some people call it an inaugurated eschatology, which means an initiated end times message. Uh, I hope you know, you should know, maybe one of these days I'll go through each of the scriptures. We are in the end times right now. We've been in the end times since Jesus was raised from the dead and uh, sent the Holy Spirit and the gospel's been preached. So Father, open our hearts and minds to this mighty message. Give us understanding and wisdom and Lord, help me to preach it clearly and boldly as I should. Amen. Okay, uh, I'm going to just keep going. I, I almost could stop. Last week we talked about how that we were given the message to occupy until he comes, that Jesus is going to return. He's going to judge those that reject him. He's going to reward those that follow him. Uh, maybe some people that were lazy are going to be disciplined, I take it. Um, they're going to have a time of suffering and repentance themselves. But those that reject Jesus are going to be slain before him. They'll be ultimately judged. All right, so let's pick up right there. I will start reading uh, in verse 20 of chapter 11. Then began he to abrade or rebuke the cities where most of his mighty works were done because they did not repent. He says, woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Zidon, they would have repented a long time ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Zidon at the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, which, out, which art exalted into heaven, you'll be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, they would have remained to this day. Therefore I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Now, this is powerful. Jesus is announcing the kingdom, and he's doing powerful miracles proving that he has a kingdom message. And the cities and the people that are rejecting Jesus, he says, they are going to be judged. So remember, we talked about an inaugurated eschatology or an inaugurated end times. The final judgment had not yet come. Jerusalem was judged. Israel was judged in 70 AD. But there's a final judgment. And those that reject the kingdom message are going to actually have it worse than Sodom. He said if Sodom would have had the message of the kingdom and they would have seen the miracles, they would have repented. But these Capernaum did not repent even though they saw the miracles. So again, Jesus is announcing the kingdom. He's not ignoring the message of judgment, but that message of judgment is delayed. Okay. It's going to come in a future time. But he is warning them about this coming judgment. 
Another thing you see here, the mighty works of the kingdom should bring repentance. People should see the power of God and the miracle-working power of God, and it should bring people to repentance. So anytime you have the message of repentance, a lot you should see miracles of the kingdom following after. And people do when they see miracles. What, what miracles do is they show you this invisible realm of the kingdom of God where God reigns, and they see it being manifested on earth, and they see the reality of it, and they realize they're going to have to answer to this miracle-working God, and they see His goodness, and men want to repent. When they see miracles, they see the goodness of God. They want to repent, and they turn. But when they don't, judgment's coming. After a mighty move of God, if people reject the mighty move of God, judgment will almost always follow after. So Jesus is warning about this. I'm going to keep reading here in verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered unto me by the Father. No man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knows any man the Father but through the Son and to whom the Son reveals him. Okay, again, Jesus is uh, the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He says, you can't know the Father unless you come through me. And you can't know me unless my Father reveals him. Later on, we're going to see when Jesus tells Peter, hey, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed this to you. You are blessed. And he's saying, God did not reveal these things to the wise and prudent. Isn't it funny how the Lord doesn't reveal the kingdom to the wise and prudent? Why do you think that is? I'm asking, why do you think the kingdom is hidden? Notice who it was hidden from. It was hidden from the religious leaders, wasn't it? Now, they had more knowledge of Scripture than anybody. And yet Jesus was hidden from them, in a sense. And the kingdom was hidden from them. But who was it revealed to? The innocent. Sinners. Children. I think it really is an indictment against pride. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Every atheist out there knows that they're a sinner. They know they sin. They know they do wrong. And yet they suppress that knowledge in unrighteousness. It's pride. I really believe that God hides this because God comes to the meek. God comes to the humble. God comes to people with childlike faith. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul continues with this idea of the kingdom being revealed to the innocents or being revealed to the humble. Listen to this. He says in verse 7, chapter 2, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the rulers of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, 
nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged. Now who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he might instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So Paul is the same, saying the same thing that Jesus is saying. These things, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the kingdom, the truth of Jesus, they're, they're hidden from the wise, from the noble, but they're revealed unto babes. They're revealed unto the humble. And they are revealed to us by the Spirit. The natural man, the fleshly man, the carnal man thinks it's all foolishness. But the man of the Spirit, the man of God, the man that's born again of the Spirit, the Spirit is talking to him and revealing things to him. Uh, revealing things to him. Flip over to John 3. This is the same idea that Jesus is talking about in John 3. I love it. Nicodemus is a, a religious leader. He knows there's something special in Jesus. He's seeing the works of the kingdom in Jesus. He's seeing the miracles of Jesus. He knows something's going on, but he just can't figure it out. He's been religiously trained. The religious leaders are rejecting Jesus, and so he's trying to investigate more. So he comes to Jesus at night, and he says, Hey, I know that you're from God. Nobody can do these miracles like you unless God is with him. What does Jesus tell him? He says, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again by the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. That which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, this religiously educated man, the same thing Paul is saying. He's saying, you've got to be born again by the Spirit if you want to see this kingdom. And folks, if we want to operate in this kingdom, we have to be born again. We have to be filled with the Spirit. If we want to see the kingdom, if we want to operate in the kingdom, we've got to be born again. We've got to become like children. We've got to stay humble Got to stay open, receive the grace of God, step out in faith, and operate in the kingdom. That's why Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, prays for the church, I think around verse 17, that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. He who the kingdom exists in. The knowledge of Him. The eyes of our heart would be open. The eyes of our understanding, you know, enlightened so we would know the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and the power 
that's available to us in Him. Isn't that powerful? It's all in Jesus. The kingdom is in Jesus. We're in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes to it as we humble ourselves like children. So Jesus here at the end of Matthew is laughing and rejoicing. He says, Father, you have hid these things from the, uh, the wise and the prudent, and you have revealed them unto children. Isn't that awesome? Unto the humble. We'll stop right there and we'll pick up there next week.